0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever this podcast finds you. I hope you're in a good space. Um, I hope you are applying different methods that you've learned to grow and to heal and to become your best self. Um, By the time you guys hear this recording, it will be March 2021. We will be in Women's History Month, and um, we're starting off with Mrs. or Judge Monique Walker. (laughs) And um, she's a state judge here um, in Augusta, Georgia. Of course, I'll let her explain all of that to you. And um, we're just going to get started with her. Thank you so much, Judge Monique, for speaking with me. Thank you for having me. Don't get mad if I keep saying judge. Cause it's okay. I do admire um, that you are um, a black woman and that you are a judge. Did you know initially that you wanted to be a judge? Was it something that you always wanted to do? I.
1: I have known for a very, very long time that it's something that I've always wanted to do without considering um, the cost in terms of not just salary, but what you sacrifice in order to. I just knew I wanted to be a judge, mm. but not the full ramifications of doing that. Yes. Okay. That's pretty cool. So, um, did you grow up in Augusta? Born and raised right here in Augusta. I'm actually from um, right here, in was downtown, um, where I, where I grew up is called the bottom. Okay. And so I know your listeners are across some broad um geographical distances but in the bottom is a place uh where it's literally that when it rains it floods <laughs> in the bottom but uh we grew up in a, a small home here in Augusta. I went to uh my very early formative years were uh at a private Catholic school for a very short time. But I was, you know, outside on bicycles, no shoes on, chasing street lights and playing at the park is where I grew up here in Augusta. And then uh, we moved to another part of town, the west side of Augusta, where I, I entered actual public school. And believe it or not, you hadn't asked this question yet, but I changed schools. I went to a different school in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and seventh grade. I changed schools five years. Uh, in a row, and I stayed there for two years, and then I went to ninth grade, so I've had quite a bit of transition, mm-hmm. living in the same residences, but because of school zone. First, it was coming from uh, private school to public, then I went to a magnet school, then I went to a regular public school, and then it was fifth grade, so it was time to change, and then the schools were rezoned, so it was, it was, no, it was not about moving and not being stable, What about, it was
0: situationally based at the time, beyond our control. I, I graduated. Did it. Mm-hmm. I did change schools a lot also. Um did and then when I finally went to uh middle school, I asked my mom, I was like, "Can I just stay with my grandmother cuz I don't want to change schools again and I don't want to get new friends and different things like that." So I did stay with her for uh 3 years until oh, I went wow. to high school. Yeah. We moved
1: yeah. We didn't move around
0: the schools. The rules changed and so we had to change with them. You do you do you have to go with the flow. What led you to um, UGA? You know
1: what the truth of the matter is. I had never. There was a science teacher at my high school. It's called Westside High School. Who was all the things she ever talked about were the Georgia Bulldogs. I had not heard of them. I'm not from, at the time. I was not from a, a highly educated family. We have lots of college graduates now, but not oh, yeah not in the '80s. You know, when I graduated from high school. But uh, my teacher talked about UGA, UGA, UGA. And I had never seen the campus, quite honestly, I would never gone to any college campus. And my dad said, fill out an application to UGA. And I said, well, I want to go to this school. I think it was HBCU. And I thought we were striking a deal because I said, well, maybe I can go to UGA first and then transfer. He said, sure, sure. We've never had the transfer conversation. (laughs) It never Mm -hmm. happened. So he encouraged me to um, apply there, and I didn't know any other way or any other place to go? My family loves UGA.
0: Really? I'm not. I mean, no one graduated from. <laughs> no one graduated from UGA, but uh, we are very avid UGA fans. I assume it's just because we uh, live in Georgia. It's because you um, live in Georgia.
1: <laughs> because they're so close to us, they're only ninety miles away. They represent us well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of good reasons, and we have uh, Georgia has. And I didn't even love Georgia when I was there as much as I do now. But, you know, Georgia has good football. They got decent basketball. They got good gymnastics. Um, it's, it's becoming, you know, they got a long way to go, but more and more diverse. And um, it's welcoming. It's a state school. So it opens up a lot of windows. But Is it in Athens? It's in Athens, yeah, so yeah, which is that 90 anymore. miles away from here yeah. in Augusta. That's cool.
0: Um, so did you enjoy your time there? Um, did you... Of course you learned a lot while you were in college, but are there any lessons that you learned specifically in college that you've taken with you throughout your career? I think the
1: uh, biggest lesson I learned in college was after I finished college, and that lesson is to take advantage of every opportunity. Don't let one pass you by. By that I mean take advantage of networks. You meet so many people. At University of Georgia you have people from all across the country um, and, and quite frankly, people from uh, other countries, you can mm-hmm. travel, see different places, meet people, have long-term relationships. One of the other things I find that's important is to get to know your staff. University of Georgia is a very large institution, and so you could be in a classroom with up to 200 mm-hmm. people. And so, you know, you could sit in the back and never meet your professor. But the, I find that there is an advantage to knowing your professor and uh, fostering and maintaining a relationship, one professor comes to mind. Now, I didn't do that the entire time, but my, I, this is, I had an Indian professor, his name is Sanjay Singh, um, and he, my, my undergraduate major was Management Information Systems. So obviously that's an Indian name, you know, he's, they're big on technology. Yes, yes. And, so I was in his class, and we would have to do these presentations, and I absolutely could not figure out why I was not getting an A on my presentations. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm saying the same thing everybody else is saying. Like, what else should I do to get an A? Because I thought I should be getting an A. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember the malarkey answer that was provided. But I remember saying to him, it was my senior year, I remember saying to him, when I get out of law school, I'm going to get you... um, and not in a threatening kind it of way. Is. It was kind of like joking, like, come on, man, help me mm-hmm. out. And he said, i tell you what, if you get into law school, keep in mind, I didn't know him. I just He was my teacher. I did my work, and that was it. he said, if you get into law school, I will give you an A in this class. And so when I got accepted to law school, I made three phone calls. The first two were to my parents, and the third one was to him. And did he give you your he A? He sure did. Wow. And guess what else? What? We're friends to this day. I just talked to him yesterday. Wow. Yeah, he um, he has come here to visit. I've gone to his home. I've watched and enjoyed the, the birth of his children who are now in college. You know, when I called, he picked up. Hello. He says, hello, my, my friend. How are you? And so we um, have maintained that relationship over the years. His roommate, when I won, he took me to see the Chinese, uh, the Peking acrobats, and we just have a bond of love, an amazing Um, friendship and relationship and there are other and when I taught I still have students now as a matter of fact I did a podcast for one student's daughter um, week before last and so relationships are everything and so again take advantage of everything miss nothing um, and develop relationships that will extend beyond that short period in your life that's what's most
0: important. I'm very big on relationships as well and um, curating them and just, um, well, one thing I spoke about at the event was appreciating, um, being appreciative in your relationships, even when it's, even if it's a friend or a co or a supervisor or, in your case, um, a professor, but you want to show appreciation all of your relationships, not just um, your significant and other. And how did you recommend that they show appreciation? Um... By that time, we had went over um, time um, because we were only there for uh, um, two hours, so I I just had to read off the remainder of my subjects, but what I would do to recommend um, right now, if I can say it, guys, (laughs) Um, I like small things, and I feel like small things um, always make a difference, Um, so even if you buy them lunch, um, even if you just text them and just say, hey, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, I hope you know, your day is going well. Um, With me being an entrepreneur, whenever someone just says, I'm proud of you, keep doing what you are doing. I can see the change in you. I see what you're trying to do. So I think like words of um, affirmation work really good too. And just little, I mean, lunch, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's very nice. With your professor, do you feel as if he saw something in you? I mean, it sounds like you knew what you were bringing to the table and what you were capable of. But in some extent, do you feel like he saw something in you that you maybe didn't see in yourself, or he wanted to make sure he brought something out of you? Well, I think
1: originally he probably did not. I think initially he paid me no attention. I was just a young black girl passing through the class. But what he did not know and soon learned was that I was finishing that major with a 4.0, and I was not trying to hear that from him. And probably, um, you know, I was just quiet. I went in, did my work, and can't move and it's really weird because I'm a very social person in some settings but in others I just do what I have to do and I keep mm-hmm. moving and so mm-hmm. I think once I had the conversation with him and uh, we were both able to open up and him being from India and he appreciates new opportunities and things I think at that point he saw something more um, and thought oh maybe she does mm-hmm. have some potential mm-hmm. We, we have not been separated wow. since like there's there's not a time where I can't pick up the phone and call him and he do and it likewise. may be for like
0: advice yeah. or would it be for insight Anything. or just
1: um, I was, he's, <laughs> he, he likes to travel for example and so he was taking a group to India back to his hometown this year for Christmas and we were going to join him obviously that's been cancelled or um, when I took um, I went to Birmingham he now lives in Birmingham he and his wife you know, they make sure I went to the um, museum, the Martin Luther King Museum, just, and those kinds of things, yeah. and they, they've just, and he comes here um, to go to the master's, or if he doesn't make it, I always have to buy him exact same kind of hats to send, because he gives them away his gifts okay, okay. to his other friends. <laughs> um, so we, we've just, um, and he had a roommate, his name is Paul, and Paul actually does all of our IT work here in Augusta, oh. and so that's another relationship. You know, like I called Sanjay yesterday to check on Paul, because Paul is ill right now. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's just been amazing. And I think what's important, Sanjay is a different gender and culture. Mm -hmm. He's a Mm -hmm. male and an Indian, and Paul is a Caucasian Mm -hmm. male. They're both uh, much older than I am, but they were teaching uh, in graduate school, earning PhDs Mm -hmm. when I was getting my undergraduate degree.
0: And so one relationship, um, I guess, just opened the door. So you don't want to limit yourself, um, even, of course you haven't limited yourself in life, but you don't want to limit yourself in relationships or basically any aspect of your life. You feel like you can, you know, it's not weird that, you know, I have a relationship with uh, my professor. He's an Indian, like you said, he's a male. You want to kind of get out so you can, um, it keeps you outside of your box, basically. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, I think when you stop learning, when you stop growing, when you stop moving, um, then you stop being like. I like travel. I like mm-hmm. meeting people. I'm mm-hmm. fascinated. I'm totally fascinated with people. People. I'm just all day long, and yeah. so um, it, it, it is. I, have my, my um, little black book of friends extends far beyond my immediate mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Hispanic friend who's married to a Caucasian. We visit all the time. They're staunch Republicans. And, you know, we have light debate, and, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we move on. And, and then my children attend um, primarily uh, white school. It wasn't – it's not designed that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was what the school had to offer. And then now with COVID, they're one of the few schools who are actually meeting because it's small and, you know, they're able to maintain a lot of the guidelines, of uh, CDC and uh, otherwise. But, yeah, I like having a broad um, and diverse – group of people I can call on and
0: love on and be loved by. So, How has COVID changed? Which I was speaking with your assistant and she did kind of give me the Zoom rundown, but did you want to or are you able to add any other um, perspective to how COVID has changed the I guess the world of law enforcement? I'm not sure. The court
1: system? The court system, yes. COVID COVID has had a tremendous impact. Um, I would at this moment say more negative than positive obviously you know it's it's hard it's an oxymoron to use the word uh COVID and positive in the same sentence but let me just say um we do have a tremendous backlog here in the state of Georgia we cannot have jury trials until it is safe to do so and so now we have an emergency judicial order that prohibits us from doing that because we don't have and not many courts have the capacity to bring in large groups of people to do jury selection and to hold people for those extensive periods of time um, and keep them safe. And so right now we're not doing jury trials, but we still have to do things like clearing the jail. Mm-hmm. So previously we would bring inmates to the courthouse in uniform, and shackles, and mm-hmm. put them in the courtroom, in the chairs, and uh, I would go in the courtroom. But now that's done uh, using technology. And it's very simple. It's the Zoom technology. There mm-hmm. are several different Options, but we use that, and the inmates go in a room at the jail one at a time, and we're able to communicate with them. They do have, um, we make sure that the video and quality of the sound is act, uh, adequate, and also that they are able to see all of the parties. Since court proceedings are public, we do have a courtroom that's always open when we're doing those proceedings. So, if anybody, victims, or anybody else would like to come and see what's going on, they can do that from the courtroom. But I'll be using an iPad sitting right here at my desk, um, but my My virtual background is that of a courtroom, and we actually hold court and hopefully make inmates feel a little bit like they're in court, Mm -hmm, but it's just mm -hmm. not safe to put them all in a van and bring them here, and so we do that, Um, and then we do some conferences electronically. We have defendants who are in other states, Ohio, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Detroit, lots of different places, and so for, uh, especially uh, traffic matters, because this is not, we don't have the most serious crimes in misdemeanor court traffic matters, the only thing that I really would require somebody to be here was like a simple battery, domestic mm. abuse, uh driving under influence, but a lot of those other ones we can take care of remotely because they could dial in, they could be sentenced, which is typically a five and some sort of probation. If the matters are more serious, obviously they are required to show. Uh yesterday I, I, I tried ten bench trials mm, yesterday in wow. in person. Oh, so I couldn't do that on the okay, Zoom, but okay. I did that in person. So we're doing it both ways and I happen to know that some courts have really uh, developed or adopted a more um, sophisticated role if you will and use um, more efficient and effective use of the technology which has allowed them to do more things um, remotely and so I don't know that we're there yet in this court so Mm -hmm. we do have a hybrid which I, I, I actually like because Zoom sometimes wears me out.
0: But yeah, staring at that
1: screen. You are staring at a screen, <laughs> and, and you gotta depend on so many people to make that, you know, the, to make the hand continue to go around the clock. Mm-hmm. But inside of the courtroom, what what is best for me is that I get to see the defendants. You can see how people feel, how mm-hmm. they're living, what they experience, You see their reactions, and not just somebody trying to sit up straight to talking to a camera. And so each case should be heard and decided on a case-by-case basis, and so that means person by person. And so in the courtroom, I get a chance to see the people and to um, be a part of what they're experiencing and hopefully make them feel that the court has heard them and that they, you know, that I'm I'm doing my part to make sure that um, it's a balanced outcome for everybody. So there is a
0: personable side to this system for you um some people feel like judges are like you know what i mean um no, I don't you can get up let me let me let me make it make sense so um sometimes it just depending on which side of the law you are on um people can start to blame the judges the da's the prosecutors and different things like that um because how it's affecting their lives so um sometimes judges can just get um a negative rap basically um But it seems like what you're saying is it is very personable to you. Not personal, um, but where you are, you want to see the people, you want to engage with them, you want to see um, if they have any remorse or anything like that.
1: Absolutely. First of all, let me say I'm in state court, which means we handle misdemeanor uh, criminal cases and civil cases. The criminal cases are cases that are punishable by um, 12 months, up to 12 months incarceration, a $1,000 fine. And so the the toughest cases I hear may be uh, every now and then some sexual assault type matter but mostly domestic violence driving under the influence which really puts other lives at stake uh, in those kinds of cases and then we see traffic and a lot of obstruction and um, you know different things but not as serious as a felony matter which is punishable um, by confinement of one year or more, Mm -hmm. or a more extensive fine. Let me also note that a misdemeanor can be punished by a higher fine, but that would be a high and aggravated Mm -hmm. misdemeanor. So there was a few distinctions between the two. So in misdemeanor court, which is where I serve, my goal is to change behaviors, Um, not to lock people up, not to raise money, not to have a thousand people on probation. My mm-hmm. goal is simply, and my job, I believe, is to change behaviors. If people are speeding, we want them to slow down. If a husband and wife are fighting, we want them to get counseling, mm-hmm. understand what, uh, get intervention for yeah. any type of family violence. If siblings are fighting, that's also considered domestic abuse or family violence. We want them to get the appropriate uh, help. First of all, understand what error came, and then we want to teach them how to um, get better at maintaining and moving through those relationships because we know that trouble is coming. But we also know trouble don't last always. And so, uh, we want to teach people how to get beyond that and get to the other side. We want to impose consequences that deter people. So if I give you a fine um, or probation, you know, we then it's, as, it's a consequence. We have programs for kid, people who are 21 years or younger. Mm-hmm. TVP program, that is an intervention program for traffic violations. TV, <laughs> traffic violations, you mm-hmm. know, the intervention. And so you take a series of classes and you understand what's going on and the consequences of your behavior, And then, but it doesn't go on your record. Mm-hmm. And so again, we're changing behaviors without imposing lifelong uh, sentences that imp- follow you. When I say lifelong, I mean that follow you forever. You know, if somebody mm-hmm. steals, mm-hmm. I have people come here and steal something for $11.80. By the time I'm finished issuing a $300 sentence, community service, they've mm-hmm. paid 20 times what the item is. That Not only was it stolen, but it was also properly recovered. But there's a program for them that would allow them to uh, do community service, some probation, take a shoplift, as alternative course, and then it doesn't follow them. Imagine trying to get a job at the bank at age Mm -hmm. 32, and when you were 19, you stole lip gloss and a watch Mm -hmm. out of Walmart. Like, really, should that follow you? So do we want that to follow and haunt people to the end of time? No, I'm talking about everybody. Now, some Mm -hmm. people have to pay the full price, but people who uh, meet the criteria are eligible to go through programs that help them to understand the error And to correct it without having a lifelong negative consequence.
0: So it does seem like you believe in reform, and like you said, trying to get people to see their error, learn from it, and um, eventually change their behavior. I believe to prevent it.
1: I I believe in reform, and I believe in conform, conforming to the laws. Mm -hmm. Now you're not going to continue to break the laws, disrespect the courts, disrespect the community, and the other constituents that we serve, because the consequences will come. So I don't want to. Uh, I like to refer to my model myself as fair, firm, and focused, mm-hmm. and so that gives me what I need to make each decision, knowing that I'm impacting maybe not just that person's life, but their families and uh, and sometimes strangers are impacted, you know, by drunk drivers mm-hmm. and uh, those and traumatic experiences with weapons and those kinds of things. And so we want to make sure that we're balancing the issues and the interests everybody
0: involved with the um, well I guess we can kind of pivot here uh, speaking on community I just wanted to try to hit some of the things that um, Buffy sent over to me um, it does appear that you do a lot of work in the community and oh, yes. it's important to you um, in that um, you follow up you donate um, you're on a number of boards uh, did you want to speak on any of that and give us any insight on that? Um, I see the Georgia Association of Women Attorneys, um, Georgia Court of Appeals for Southern District, uh, the Jack and Jill Program. Um, you're on the board of the Lucy C. Laney Museum of Black History. Um, did you want to dive into any of that anymore and how well, important that
1: is to you? I can tell you service is very important to me, and now that I have children, it has increased and because I we're not perfect and certainly not uh, filthy rich but I think we have enough within us to give to serve and to give back and the last thing I want my children to do is not to understand how fortunate we are uh, and not to appreciate the need and really and truly responsibility mm-hmm. to give back and so um, I've tried to find a uh, service oriented activities that would actually include my family. And one of those is Jack and Jill of America. And so Jack and Jill is a premier African-American organization composed of mothers with children between the ages of 2 and 19 years old, whereby we are separated into various age groups. But our purpose is to uh, expose our children, not just our children, but all children, Mm -hmm. to uh, leadership, service, uh, financial literacy, uh, philanthropy and those kinds of things that we would hope that all of our children would have. And so by having joined that organization, it gives me an opportunity as a mom to interact with other moms, hopefully, who are like-minded with similar goals for their children and the community. The children an opportunity to learn, bond, meet peers, and take advantage of all the programs that are available to them, mm-hmm. but we also give back. So the latest service for Martin Luther King Day, we donated uh, canned goods, soups, and socks to Martin Luther King, uh, I'm sorry, to the uh, food bank right here, the Golden Harvest Food mm-hmm. Bank. Um, we've taken blankets and those kinds of things uh, for people at the nursing home. We, we do lots of uh, fundraising, giving back to organizations, Brown Girls Code, Lucilene Museum. And so that, Jack and Jill, is my favorite because it allows me to have my family directly okay. involved. Um, one of my daughters is actually the community service chair and legislative liaison, so we do, you know, we expose them to legislative activities. and So it's been a privilege watching her uh, lead and yeah. grow in that respect. The, that's the big one. And I am—I used to be uh, chapter president of Jack and Jill. Unfortunately, I was appointed uh, a couple years ago as the regional parliamentarian. That's over five states. Mm-hmm. But now, Uh, I'm still the parliamentarian. I'm also the national corporate advisor. So that Mm -hmm. gives me an opportunity to practice what I preach, and that's (laughs) to network, take advantage of, those situations, meet people and bring people together and help somebody in the process. That's so amazing. We're doing real work. That's um, amazing. The Lucy Craft Laney Museum, obviously, is an organization that was started in honor of Lucy Craft Laney, but it started with women of Delta Sigma Theta mm-hmm. sorority, for which I'm a member. When they found the need, we found the old childhood home of Lucy Craft Laney. It's important to note that my father, who is a former politician, helped get the resources to Augusta. Mm-hmm to redo that home. So what started out as a renovation turned out to be now an African-American Museum of Black History that celebrates our local and national uh, and international history. uh, And it really uh, uh, measures and exposes us to the success uh, and the the plight and the progress of um, African-Americans. I want
0: to go there. They have a um, demonstration specifically for women in February and March yes. for Women's History Month. Yes. So I said I want to make a note to make yeah. sure I go there. You got to go. And there's also
1: there. a guided tour now. They have an audio guided tour. So uh, I think you can do it virtual, virtual experience oh, at wow. the museum okay. as well. Mm-hmm.
0: I did hear that. I didn't know that's what they meant, but I did hear them mention the guided tour. So yes. I'll call and get more information on that. Okay. Do you still have your um, law office as well? Your I law cannot form? be a judge
1: and practice law okay. at the same time. However, my business was the law practice, but also management and consulting. Okay. So the business is still alive. The question is, are we doing lots of work? Right now I'm concentrating on um, mastering this job, mm-hmm. but the organization is still there, and we can't participate in any outside activities that do not conflict with our day-to-day work mm-hmm. here.
0: How did it feel like, um, I imagine it would feel as when a doctor receives their white coat. So how did it feel once you finally completed law school you completed the um credentials required to become a judge you're able to put on that robe and go um and stand in front of a courtroom how did you you feel I don't know if you were always encouraged or supported um you know um in your process through college and different things like that it sounds like you were it sounds like you have a great family but how did that finally feel to go ahead and accomplish that goal
1: <laughs> it was Amazing, it was exciting, it was surreal at the same time it was turning the page into a new chapter, and so it was somewhat scary okay. like you can't practice being a judge. there's no, no. way you practice that before you get here mm-hmm. and so um you know and then it becomes the level of support that you okay. have. While you're mm-hmm. at, mm-hmm. you know, at work and those kinds of things, and so it it was um, so amazingly
0: terrifying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not not totally terrifying, but I'm, I'm I have no regrets, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm learning more and more each day. And I help as many people as I can when I'm here, and um, I think that I'm I'm doing I'm, what I've been called to do, and that's to serve.
0: So that's. Um, uh, I love speaking on purpose, um, finding it, curating it, making sure you feed into it, so you feel you you're, you're in your purpose. But your purpose more so is service. Yes. Okay. Do you feel like you're um, on the way to the road to leading the legacy, leaving the legacy that you want behind? Do you like what do you see? You're doing a lot of amazing things now. Um, so your legacy is already being solidified. Um, Is there anything else in the future, any other future goals that you have that you would like to complete? Oh my goodness, this cannot be my last stop. Wow.
1: Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I want to, you know, I I used to think about being an ambassador. Like, Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. my kids are away in college, maybe I could be an ambassador to another country on behalf of the United States. And then in trying to research and understand that process, it, it sounds like an amazing thing to do, but fairly challenging. Um, to achieve. And so I don't know, but I do know that it will be service oriented, bigger than this. And um, whatever it is, it has my name written on it, I just have to get to mm-hmm. it. But my primary focus in th- this season in my life um, has to be my children. Yeah, and so I'm stable, I'm in one place. And once they are on their own and making things happen for themselves, then I'll
0: consider. Um, what's next what would you have um what advice would you give someone who is stepping outside of the box who may be around people who are um attempting to keep them small and kind of boxed in? maybe they don't have the support or someone encouraging them to say you know well like I like to say reach for the sky but their footprints on the moon and that's what I instill into my children um I will not say I did not have that but you know Coming from where I come from, people like when you start to do better change or just have a different mindset, I don't want to act like I was just doing horribly. I've always worked um I've always went to school I've always kept um an honorable position position at work. But what would you say to those people who maybe are trying to change um walk into a different direction because we do have listeners that are going through this now, they don't have the support um anything that you could just give them or anything that you practice yourself to? Just keep focused and to um, kind of just box everyone else out.
1: Well, first of all, once if you decide in your mind that you want to move forward, then you have to move forward and not look back. Um, and that means sometimes leaving some people behind, leaving some places behind, leaving some behaviors um, behind. And nobody can make you okay with that. You have to be personally okay with that. That's the first thing, understand that people are coming, it's not going to be all positive, and some people handle pressure and negativity better than others, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important to maintain your peace, and every day is not going to be a good day, but a day, every day you should know who you are, what you're trying to do, and what it takes to get there. As adults, whether you are 21, 31, or 51, or 61, it is our individual responsibility to take complete control of our lives, of our minds, of our hearts, and, quite frankly, of our bodies. We have to live healthy. We have to think healthy. We have to eat healthy. We have to exercise. And all of those things work together to make us our best selves. And lots of times, and we hate to say it, but negativity comes from right at home sometimes uh it could be your parents it could be your siblings it could be your spouses um or it could be your coworker your neighbor or even a stranger you you have to find ways to cope my coping mechanism may not be yours but if you can get away from it you get away from it but let me let me make a distinction i want to put a pin in it right here sometimes we consider things to be negative because we don't like them right so if somebody says to me, Monique, you need to you know, read this or do something different or lose weight. Well, it doesn't mean that it's negative. Mm-hmm. It's advice that I don't like. And so I've decided that it's negative and the whole world is against me. But people owe it to you. People who love you and respect you owe it to you to be honest with you, to help you see some things that you can't always see for yourself. And that's why I rely on my faith and the Word of God to study for myself so I can discern what makes sense and what mm-hmm. is not. And those are things that you evolve into over time. So if there's negativity negativity um, that you're facing, turn left, turn right, go the other way. Just don't go backwards. Mm-hmm. I said it earlier, I'll say it again, trouble don't last always. But it's, uh, I, I can give you a thousand examples of people who have met myself with negativity on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to see a therapist
0: sometimes, and I love it. I love it, love it, I'm I'm love it. I'm a big it. advocate for yes. therapy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you for mentioning um, that also. Thank you for mentioning that. If you
1: have a good friend, somebody who's smart and kind that you can confide in, you can't confide in everybody, you just got to know the rules of people. Yes. But um, you are not to be deterred by people, Uh people wow. have a purpose and everybody's purpose is not for your plan so you have to surround yourself with people who are interested in you and what you have going on and then you wow. have to likewise show interest and respect and try to lift people up because you get back what you know you, you reap what you sow yes, and so yes, yes. there's so many things I could say about that I tried to sum it all up but no that was good that was amazing you have to you are to ignore it um, You keep moving. When you're in relationships, you know, for companionship, um, spouses and talk about building a family, you know, the time of oh, he's a nice person, what can be well I'm thinking if I do Mm -hmm. this, if they're alcoholic today, Mm -hmm. um, if you want to be an alcoholic anonymous, you go right ahead. But recognize that these things don't change overnight. Like me personally, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to help an alcoholic. So I'm not gonna marry one unless I'm satisfied that we are on the same page, we have the same goals. And so, particularly in the African-American community, we don't do enough communicating. What are your goals? What are your plans? Um, Where do you see yourself? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you didn't finish college. Do you plan to finish? If so, when and how? Mm -hmm.
0: sorry about that. We had a, I had a phone call interrupted, but, um, Judge Walker, we are going to wrap it up here. Um, she does still have business to take care of today and she's taking a lot of time. Okay. Leave it to my phone to receive a phone call, um, inappropriately. So Judge Walker, I think we discussed everything here. Um, you have done so much and I do believe that you will continue to do, um, so many amazing things and i'll use some of this um bio that buffy sent to me um once i publish this episode and i'll send it to you directly um also is there anything um else that you would like to um expound on i would like for you to um your motto here is in philippians i can do all things through christ who strengthens me is that may not your only support but is that a very um it's a very staple part of yes. your um, it's, it's faith. Your faith, faith gets you through faith. a
1: lot. Yeah, it's it's profound. You gotta believe in something, um, and I just believe that there's a being and a calling um, higher than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I mean, if you're not here to help somebody, well, what we what are we gonna yeah. be doing? So yeah, I believe that I can do all things, and I believe we all can do all things uh, through Christ, who gives us strength. But I also think that in doing so, you have to study to show you thyself approved. Nobody's going to give you anything. Some people are luckier than others, and I, you know, I'm sure people think that I'm so super lucky, but I've um, earned and, and worked hard for a number of years to achieve some things, and um, I'm real proud of that, and I'm proud of those around me who have worked. And worked uh towards some amazing goals and I know some people who are just outstanding in the way that they move and raise their children and celebrate their families and their friends and so I'm just I'm just uh a grateful person that's what I am if I could think of one word at this moment it would be grateful and um
0: gratitude to take you far yeah
1: and, and with that um I'm grateful not just for the basic life mm-hmm. health and strength but I'm grateful for my friends and my family and they are all many of whom have some negative aspects so you know we mm-hmm. annoy each other I've quite possibly uh demonstrated some negative tendencies of negativity towards them but I'm glad that they're mine mm-hmm. and um I'm, I'm just excited there's so many other things that could be taking place but uh for me this is my journey and um i continue to continue to uh, tread my own path and uh, try to help as many people as i can along the way
0: that's awesome i think we're gonna wrap it up here uh thank you for speaking on the importance of building relationships and networking um service to yourself to the community um never giving up and also um thank you for speaking on realizing that sometimes not saying you are the negative person but realizing that sometimes people love you and they just want to help you so not all negative feedback is is negative or meant to hurt you right it's
1: called Um, constructive criticism yes
0: so thank you again so much until next time guys keep pushing